Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch. Top of the morning to you. This is Yowie Central. Welcome to the show. You're listening to 94.9 Main FM and I'm Sarah Vignal. This is the community radio show where we bring you the latest on Yowie Research in Australia and we delve into the endlessly fascinating realm of Bigfoot, Sasquatch and cryptozoology from here and around the world. We go into all sorts of mysterious, weird stuff, paranormal encounters, and UFO sightings, orbs, psychics, demons, spirits, you name it, we go there. Some of you might remember episodes 74 and 75 when I had the fascinating and amazingly gifted Joel on the show. Last time we talked spirits creepy, mysterious talking dolls and a powerful Junjadi spirit called Brownie who helps Joel hunt down demons and negative spirits. Joel's back this week and we go into astral travelling and shamanism and more adventures of Brownie. And like last week, I'm going to throw in a couple of my new monster growl sound effects. Enjoy. This is Joel. So, what's been going on for you in the last couple of weeks? Well, there's always something that's happening, <laughs> like spiritually sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah, it's just been uh, more sort of meditative sort of experiences. Like, I just have things happen that, you know, during my dreams, 
or just as I start to go to sleep, sort of I drift off and then something will occur or I'll sense something in the house floating around. I always do have some type of experience. I think the last time you, when you sent me a message last, you said that a little toy had whizzed across the room. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was the same day that, um, yeah, that was just after I, I think I spoke with you. It might have been just after that. Yeah. Yeah, something, yeah, a little toy did come flying across the room. I'm like, oh, where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't Jasmine. It wasn't Bodie. <laughs> no. No. No, it wasn't them, no. And um, just yesterday, I think it might have been when I got home in the morning and I just went to bed. I was lying down and the cats were on the bed with me and it must have been after about 10 minutes I heard something rustling up in the cupboard. The cats were sort of intrigued of what was up there and I could just sit there and I could just hear something in there and I thought, what the hell is that? And I went up there and had a look and there was, I thought there might have been a rat or something in there, but there was nothing in there. And then I heard some a couple of noises out in the kitchen and I just thought, oh, there must have been another spirit around or as well. So, yeah, I have that sort of stuff happen quite regularly, but it just depends on, I think, how much time I put into it. So what happened sort of a couple of years ago was very intense and was happening all the time, but it happens randomly these days if I'm more attuned to it. I think because I've learnt how to put up a protective side and also shut down my chakras so I can switch it off, so so to speak. I went and seen a lady, it's probably six months ago, and she taught me how to shut things down when I want to, rather than having like being like an antenna where things happen all the time. She said, oh, this is what you do to stop these things coming into your household, just to stop noticing it so much. And that's basically doing a meditation where all your chakras are open, you can partially close all your chakras and it that seems to reduce a lot of the noise, but at the same time, you can sort of feel a little bit, uh, after a couple of weeks, you sort of start to feel a little bit, I wouldn't say depressed, just a little bit bored because everything, nothing's happening and I don't really feel in tune with anything. <laughs> so I'll try and get that back going again. But yeah, it's, it's always an ongoing thing, it appears. I guess if you've got a, if you're shutting down your, your chakras, then that's going to have an impact on on you as well, like long-term as well, as, you know, mental mental health and physically and emotionally, all of those things, energetically. Yeah, it does. Like, that's what I've found. It's been experimentation for me. So everything's experimentation. Like, you can get taught things off so many different people, but you can only really take a little bit away from them because it's your own experience and everyone's different. For instance, um you know, you could talk to someone that's a really gifted psychic and they can tell you everything they do, but nothing really will apply to yourself or, or any other type of psychic because their abilities may be slightly different or their strengths are stronger in other areas. And Or it could just be that it seems to come through in waves. So you can have all these psychic experiences all the time. It, it'll come through in big rushes, like over a period of, a few weeks and then it'll sort of die down a little bit and then it'll sort of ramp back up again. I kind of feel it's like that a lot as well. I wonder why that is. Look, I I think there's a lot going on that applies to it, but I haven't really researched why. Like it could be astrology or time, um, certain times of the year. It could be 
I don't know if it's moon cycles, so possibly, but I just remember one period where that was, I had a whole like rush of things occur and then for a few weeks after that, it had sort of died down a little bit, then it'd pick back up again. But overall, it's it's probably reduced a lot more, which is good for me because that means that I can focus on what I want uh, rather than just having all these different beings trying to contact me. Yeah, which would, would I can imagine just would make it impossible to concentrate or, or think about anything else if you're constantly getting spirits coming through talking to you, wanting to communicate with you or just distracting you, uh, very hard to focus on anything else. Exactly right. Like, as you'd probably pick up on, like, things happen, would happen so much that when you go to work, it's your entire focus. Like, I even remember going to work and seeing something, a spirit over there walk right up next to me and I turned around to look at the person and I could just see the spirit just vanish in front of me. So it'll happen other places I go as well. Yeah, right. <laughs> and your workmates can't see the same thing, so they're, you'd be trying to pretend that nothing's going on, I'm yeah, guessing. Yeah, I do tell them that it what, what goes on, and I think they're quite intrigued by it. Some of them are. One of my good friends, Jimmy, he's from down in New South Wales, too, from Wanji Wanji, which is, again, that's sort of around that area near Lake Macquarie and um, Wadigan sort of area, he's very interested in what I have to say sometimes and um, some of the things that I tell him about some of the beings that come through, like the different, they look like hybrids, uh, like a girl comes through sometimes. She doesn't look very old and she's got very dark eyes. They're nearly black and really pale skin. And even though she looks a little bit scary, I haven't felt any bad energy from her. Yeah, so I'll probably talk to you a little bit about sorcery type of stuff today. Yeah, I'd love to hear about it. Everything that's that I've sort of learnt myself, and I, I'm still learning a lot. I'm not. I don't consider myself to be an expert in this field, but I feel in the past, just because of some of the trauma I've gone through, um, it's basically triggered me to do something about it and that's I've I've tried all avenues going to see a doctor like I just this morning I had an appointment with a psychiatrist (laughs) out of all things because years ago I was diagnosed with a what they would call a severe mental illness and it was because of the medication they put me on initially which was just to treat anxiety that actually triggered that They diagnosed me with bipolar in 2003, but prior to that, I had a bit of anxiety, and I think it was just because of my childhood growing up because I would have all these different experiences when I was younger or just any type of life event, and I'd sort of try and engage my parents and and, uh, my mum wasn't really overly, sort of an overly sort of loving sort of mother. She showed love in different ways other than, cuddles and things like that she would do a lot of things for me but not she was different than what I could see with some of my other friends and I don't know if that sort of gave me a little bit of anxiety I'm not sure and as I got older I went through these what they would call I guess a dark night of the soul and I went through all 
these experiences of being um, addicted to psychiatric medication, which was meant to stop all this stuff, actually taking antidepressants actually triggered it. And I think all these, um, what I would call just like mood swings as if like I'd go up and have all this energy and I'd go down for a few days. And I think that in itself was um, very taxing on my body and also the, the medication, like I'd become addicted to it. After many years, I sort of realised that, right, I've, I've got to get off this stuff. And I actually met another doctor and what he actually taught me was and uh, what I'd read about as well was it was the doctor itself um, that actually caused most of the problems. And um, he basically said, you have to try and get off this medication because you don't need it. And that's why I spent a few years working on getting off medication. And during that time, I believe when that was happening, I felt, again, a lot of people would probably think, oh, this guy has psychosis or whatever, but as I'd sort of spoken about previously, a lot of things were happening with other people around. I knew that everything that was happening to me was real, but I just come to the point there where as I was slowly going off the medication, I felt that's when I started to be attacked or tested by something. It was kind of like my vibration or something was quite low and I was drawing things in, which... I was then dealing with that on top of going through the withdrawal process. There's so many different approaches. Like you've, you can pretty much take any of the paths and they'll, you'll get reasonably good results. I mean, if you're interested in Buddhism or shamanism or simply meditation and breathing and mindfulness, a lot of the shamanic practices I've found have been excellent for me learning those processes because there's two sides to it. There's the sorcery side and also what they would call stalking, which is like hunting, hunting the ego, like your self-importance. So it's generally when you're feeling anxiety and depression, it's actually not you. It's actually like everyone's has an ego, but that's what is affected. And it's from your memory from childhood trauma. So your memory, you basically, they have this thing called a ring of power where that's what the Toltecs called it. And it's where your memory is basically causing you to have issues with your present because you're, everything filters back through your memory. So if you've had a traumatic experience as a child and something similar happens again, that scenario may play out in the present all the time. So they use techniques to actually try and wind back your um, go through your childhood and actually look at each um, thing that occurred and through, uh, yeah, look, it could be through a partner, relationships or children or anything that can affect you. You go through all those periods of your life and, and memories and um, there's different techniques you can use to try and get on top of that and actually uh, heal that and shed. And you'll have days where you feel really bad again and it's only for a couple of days, but then it'll dissipate again and then you'll feel free again. It's, it's like you're shedding a skin. And there's a few different things that's actually uh, people that talk about it in depth. Some days I just think, oh, maybe I should be on medication again. But 
Um, overall, I think I'm better off. And and today has been a really good day because this morning I spoke to a doctor in uh, Brisbane. I I went to a guy last year at Nullandu Health Service and my approach to see him was talking about what happens in our actual world these days with anxiety and depression and also linking that back to the spiritual side of it, which he was really open to talk about because he's Aboriginal. He's actually a clinical psychologist, but actually spoke to me about all the spiritual stuff, uh, how you see the world, for instance, how you attract things and how the ancestors will actually do things for you if you stay in that positive mindset and high vibration. I was able to share everything that happened with Brownie and all this other stuff and even talk about other cultures and, and then also what was happening day to day as you would normally see normal how a normal psychologist would speak to you. And he, uh, that was really good for me because if I'd have gone into any other psychologist and said that to them, they would have said, oh, you're psychotic. Mm. Oh, we have examples of people who've reported sightings to us have also told us that they've attempted to explain that to a professional and, and, and been told exactly that, that they're, they're clearly psychotic and or delusional. Uh, which is terrible. It's such a such a um, tragedy because that side of things can cause you so much grief and confusion. And you know, to be told you mu- you must be crazy. Um, it's it's just it's very it's so not helpful, is it? Absolutely not. And that I've I've heard you talk about in your podcast, and I think other I've heard some other guys talk about it as well around. Um, might have been Dean Harrison. He might have been talking about the PTSD that people develop from it and the trauma. And they may take it's there's nothing wrong with actually going to a doctor to take that medication for a while to overcome that initial trauma, just to take that path. But then over time, look at reducing that medication and finding someone to actually help you through it. And the PTSD could also be linked back to something else in your life and then when they spotted the yowie it could have triggered it it's it it can be really complex and it's something that fascinates me and and i also think too a lot of these people have the encounters that it's possible that if these beings to a degree are interdimensional which i believe many people actually say they are even if they're highly spiritual and they're not interdimensional, but they can, they're very psychic. For whatever reason, they're drawn to these people that see them because so many people go looking for Yowie's right deep into the bush and go into all the right places, but they never have yeah. an encounter. But other people can be just driving down the road and one runs out on the road. I'm absolutely certain, and those people, well, it was like meant to happen, or they attracted it to themselves. So, and and I think it's just something that people experience. It's just not the normal thing, and they just need to yeah. talk to people about it. On that topic, it's interesting because then when you get into that other state where you can attract things in, you have to take steps to actually combat that. In a sense, like like through artwork or exercise or maybe change your diet and all like what most people do, all the basic sort of stuff, even if you don't believe in or you don't or you're scared about paranormal, which a lot of people are, 
you don't believe in that, then there's so many things you can do to help. I think even the Yowie research it's in itself is very good. Like I, I noticed there was a guy, I think he's called Long Island Bigfoot over in New York, and he was a soldier from Afghanistan that had PTSD and come back and was really affected by it. And he said his Yowie research, just going out to the bush and communicating with Yowies and having experiences with them, really positive ones, was actually healing him. He said he'd, he'd had contact with them and used to and, and speaks with them and um, researches them, and he found that that's been very healing for himself. And I think that's quite amazing in itself. If you actually go into and research this stuff, it can actually be a cure for PTSD because it, it makes you realise there's something else out there. Like I'll share something um, with everyone. In 2013, I, when I was taking this medication and I'd was become suicidal to the point where I just didn't want to live anymore and was in intensive care. It was during that time, I think I had an NDE where I actually started to see a lot more stuff and actually realise um, that, oh, there's more to life than just life. Like I always had that spiritual, those those experiences, but these were very in-depth, like psychic stuff, where I was writing things down on paper and actually having visions of meeting all these different people and then seeing the grandfather and that, and that sort of made me want to stay here, thinking, oh, hang on, I'm meant to stay here now. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you did. Yeah, and the shamanism type of stuff is very helpful in that because it, it teaches you ways of doing your meditation and then also how to live in real life, as I've already mentioned. But anyway, today it's come to the point where I've spoke to a psychiatrist and this was through the Linda Health Service. I had my partner with me and we both spoke to him. I was over speakerphone. He was from Brisbane, this guy, and he's um, really, uh, I've done some research on him. It's the first time I've spoken with him and he's, he's got a lot of credibility. Um, I didn't really talk to him much about the psychic stuff too much, but I just basically told him about my life and how my experiences as a child and taking all this different types of medication. And then uh, the last couple of years, I've practically taking, well, to the point where I was practically taking none from, I think it was from October last year, I'd quit everything altogether. And um, then sort of spoke about my work and relationship and how things have improved. Well, everything's not perfect. And he came out and said to me, without me basically manipulating him in any way, shape or form, I just told him my story. He said to me, he said, oh, you, you don't have bipolar. He said, you, you were misdiagnosed and given the wrong medication initially. And he said, you're actually autistic. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, you're on, you're on the spectrum. That's what we suspected all along because my partner was a mental health carer for a few years and she said it. So that possibly could be why I've my other senses are stronger. I don't know, maybe I lack some other type of skill, I'm not sure. And then that I'm more sensitive. Yeah. You're listening to Joel on Yowie Central on the best little station in the nation, ninety four point nine main FM. <laughs> 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. How this ties in with the sorcery stuff, getting back to Brownie, he's essentially what they would say in... uh, a shamanistic term as uh, an ally so people can get spirit allies as i was i mentioned to you the other day in the email is uh, the toltec mexican so I, I i gained interest in that because as far as uh, books and stuff are concerned there's a lot of information about different cultures and the way different shamans um, how they do things, like the Aboriginal Australians, the shamans there, like medicine men or sorcerers, sorcerers etc. I think they call them clever men. There's that. There's also, like in Siberia, there's shamans there. Get every they'll basically they roam the earth. As in America, you know, your Indians and um, South America, it's very prominent. I would even say in other cultures, even in Greenland and Alaska and like all your Eskimos in it, people I very much think, I've watched a documentary about a guy that was diagnosed with bipolar and I very much believe he was a shaman. So it's basically throughout the whole world and if you research it as a whole, they all do very similar things and that's where why we see all these people talking about little people and Bigfoot and that it seems to be in all these different continents and countries. I believe even the Bigfoot themselves could be some type of helper. I, I was drawn to the the Mexican side of things, like the Toltec Mexican as such, because I found some books by Carlos Castaneda, and I've done a bit of research on Carlos Castaneda too, and a lot of people tried to write him off. I think it was other anthropologists or just the general public, and they changed his books from non-fiction to fiction and all this other stuff people tried to find mistakes in his writings but if you go through it in depth and you read it you read the books there is so much information in there and there's so many experiences that i've had that align with what he says that i i know that even if he was making up some of the characters that it was actually all the information is true and i used a lot of this information to try and work out what what goes on with the aboriginal culture in australia like i do have some curry in my bloodline and I seem to have those features more so than my brothers and sisters and possibly some things have been passed down I'm not sure in in that regard but I had to try and learn things like from when uh, the couple gifted me brownie and 
I didn't really have anyone to talk to about that, and hence why I looked into the Toltec stuff. So the Toltec stuff, they speak a lot about, like, all the different names, you know, like they call them, like, warriors or brujos is another one, which means wizard. And there's um, sorcerer or there's witches, like many of in the books, many of the shamans were female. Ah, that's interesting. I saw, in fact, I saw you you you'd written that in your email. I found that I find that really interesting because often uh, women are relegated to not leadership positions, and um, these days. But how how interesting that uh, in the past women have been very powerful figures. Yeah, like all your witches in Europe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, but. In the Toltec sense of things, basically you'll have the Nagual, which is a teacher, and then you have like apprentices, and they'll just call them sorcerers or warriors. They'll just call them different names as they move up through the ranks. And that all essentially is to do with your self-importance and your, or your ego and how well you practice on eliminating that and basically becoming more of your higher self. And as you grow more, you'll actually expand and all these different abilities they had were insane, but the the, t- the apprenticeships were so slow. Like they'd go for ten or fifteen years, and the information only come through on dribs and drabs, and most people wouldn't understand or comprehend what the, the information meant initially, because like the the dictionary itself doesn't explain what's happening. It's very complex and hard to understand some of it, and it's only after a while they actually realise what they're talking about. Oh, I can imagine if you like, if when you and that that couple gave you gave you brownie, but you still you didn't know, as you said, you had nobody to talk to about it. You really didn't know much about it. What an incredible, like how stressful, <laughs> you know. And I remember you said to me last time that it, at, at, when you first got him, it was really intense. Uh, and even Jasmine was frightened of him. Yeah, yeah, Jasmine was really scared of him, but now he's a bit of a like a household hero as such, <laughs> and everyone loves him. Like they even one of the things they actually taught me was they said when Jasmine is really tired and having a bit of a meltdown from a sugar high or something like that, they said ask Brandy to come in and calm her down and take some of that negative energy away, and she'll really relax and we've done that on many occasions and she's practically just gone to sleep oh wow that's amazing (laughs) yeah and we can feel we can feel his energy come through strongly in in that regard from what i was taught by this couple and then just reading some of the indigenous culture and then actually getting learnings from him and also it's in a sense if you're getting attacked by demons or anything that's negative after a while, you can't get beaten up anymore. You have to do something about it. So yeah. um, you can try all this stuff and you think, right, I'm, I've just got to do this myself. So it's been various stuff. So it's the teachings from the Toltecs where you have the warriors as such and they talk about the one of the, the things that Don Juan spoke about very early was you know, what Carlos actually wrote down because he was an anthropologist he actually wrote down stuff about the allies or the spirit ally, which was like a spirit helper. And Don Juan actually told him when the ally comes, it's not always a positive experience initially. It'll actually become a battle initially where you actually wrestle with the ally and it'll lock eyes with you and then 
um, it'll give in. What happens is it can be in a dream state or some people do it by looking at mirrors over long times, but you'll have things actually attack you in a dream where it's like you're getting, you, it's like it's so intense, it's like you're getting run over by a car. It's only happened to me probably three months ago where a man come, I was just having a normal lucid type dream and I was conscious of what was happening. I knew I was within a dream and all of a sudden this man, like a medieval man on a horse has come running right up close to me and got right in my face like he was breathing on me and I could see his eyes and he was really angry and he had a sword and he started to wrestle me. He said, do you want to finish me? And I said, no. And then we rode off together and then I woke up. <laughs> so there's that. And um, that's like what they would call a scout on the astrals. It's like, feels like an ally. Or you'll meet other beings and on the astrals. Like I've, I've had one guy come through and he had like, he was a medieval type guy. He had blue eyes and very olive skin and dark hair. And he was probably about five foot eight. And again, he was like, he had like a weapon in his hand. And he said to me, I'll give you asylum. And he put his hand out in front of my face. And there was this big blue ball of energy that came up and it just filled um, the whole, my whole vision and then just vanished. Yeah. That was pretty intense. So you have those kind of oh. things happen. And that's, that's only been of recent time. So how do you tell the difference between a, a lucid dream? And realising that you're actually astral travelling. Um, I didn't understand much of that at all until I met a guy. His name's Panay Andoff. This was a part of me learning how to assist Brownie along with the Toltec stuff. And he lives down in Gold Coast. He talks a lot about ET stuff. He doesn't really go down the shamanic path as such, but he's very big into astral projection. What, what, what was his name again? His name's Panay Andoff, P-A-N-E, and his last name's Andov, A-N-D-O-V. Oh, yeah. Very interesting guy. His ideas on things, again, seem like another reality, the stuff that he's, his personal experience he's told me about. But i um seen some of his stuff online, and I've seen he had courses, and I just thought, oh, I need to learn from this guy. He's and tr to try and assist me with, you know, whatever was going on. And um, he took me through, I think it might have been about six sessions and they were very, very in-depth. And he was basically teaching me different ways to actually reach that theta state, to actually lucid dream or astral project or how to tell the difference. Again, this has shown a lot in um, Carlos Castaneda's books, like The Art of Dreaming, like he'll go through all the different states of shamanism and he'll talk about the art of dreaming which is a very old book and it's it talks a lot about astral projection they just have different names for it second attention first attention so you have like your your tonal which is your body and you, you keep that cleanse so you, that's like through your exercise and your diet and i guess uh, grounding in nature and how you are like as a person and then there's like they call it the Nagual. There's the Nagual to teach them. There's also the Nagual spirit world, which is the other dimension. And that's why they say, um, I went to the Nagual, you know, to get answers. Like they're always talking about the, the tonal and Nagual. 
And so in some new age terms, it would just be, um, they would call it the theta state or dream time. There's many different names for it. And then where we are now, just our body, that's, we would start by learning to meditate and then relaxing and then doing your breaths and then eventually get to the point where you can astral project. So there's, there's, there's a few different ways you can do that. You can do it through, which I've never done this personally, but many people will take different type of plant medicines, whether it be mushrooms or uh-huh. that's why well, a lot of the different cultures would take different plant medicines to bring on that. What they That's why they call them trips for, because essentially it's a shamanic trip. So that will actually trigger that immediately. But the problem with that is, is one, if you have a bad experience, you can't shut it down. It'll just stay there even when you open your eyes up. You can't control it. And that's where they say the alloy, where Don Juan or Carlos would say the alloy of this mushroom or these little smoke, all these different mixtures. He would call it the spirit alloy of this plant. So when you take that plant, you'd actually meet that alloy that's tied with that plant, which he would call like mescalito with the peyote that was uh-huh. the the spirit attached with that the Toltecs actually explain that very well however some of the new age people don't actually explain that they just talk about oh, i took this trip and i went to this uh, i astral projected and did this and did that they're very it's kind of like listening to uni students talk about it they have that very scientific way of talking about things yeah right <laughs> um, so you have the other way is your drumming so that's where you do audible driving or sonic driving um, michael harner talks about that he was an anthropologist as well that went to south america and he was taking ayahuasca and all this other stuff and having all these different experiences with the shamans down there and all the people down there who had allies and they weren't scared of death because they knew they were protected. So if they were guided to go somewhere, they didn't have any fear of death because they knew they were protected. Whereas when he was traveling with them, he was always concerned and anxious and they were always turning around looking at him going, hey, mate, what are you scared about, you know? But <laughs> to them, it was very bizarre to see the way he was behaving. So there's the audible drive, driving type of thing which he learned about when he went back to America and he didn't have access to ayahuasca anymore. And that's where you listen to drumming from 180 to 210 beats per minute. And if you listen to that constant drum uh, with your eyes closed and your breathing, that'll actually send you on a, a, a journey a lot quicker. So the shamans or many of the different shamans will call it a, a shamanic journey, which is the same as astral projection. But getting back to your question, there's the state where with lucid dreaming, it's where you're actually know you're in a dream. So you could be like walking around looking at and seeing things while you're asleep and you think, Oh, I'm having a dream, but then you actually consciously know you're awake. And then you'll actually look down and look at your hands and you think, hang on, I'm actually in a a dream state. Mm -hmm. And you'll be looking around the astral projection is where you actually consciously start to move and you'll actually leave that dream state and actually start to tra- travel or fly around and actually start to look at different places of on the earth. Some people can actually just 
project straight away even when they're sort of half asleep and leave their body and look down like when they're driving cars down the road they'll actually i've read stories about some women that will actually float out of their bodies while they're driving because they get into that meditative state and they might have some relaxing music on and they're really calm and they're winding down and then next thing they know they're up flying out looking down looking at themselves driving down the road and freaking out going yeah. holy hell so, <laughs> exactly <laughs> so there's that who's driving the car <laughs> yeah so and they would flip out about it and then all of a sudden they're back in their body again and that's what has happened to me on many occasions i'll be like oh my god where am i i'd be flying over looking at something and then all of a sudden i panic and then wake back up again it's a very hard thing to describe but the lucid dreaming is basically where you're taking control of the dream and then the projection is where you, you you could be that's like a remote viewing type of thing when you're in that lucid dream but then when you project you can project from that lucid dream and then start to move around at will other people would probably have different opinions on that but in layman's terms that's how Penny explained it to me and still to this day it's i read stories about it and it's still very hard to actually explain the difference also in a lucid dream you might see weird things in the dream that aren't really don't really add up whereas when you're projecting as such they'll look normal all these um, different people have different ideas on things but i also believe there's the other aspect of it where you might go into an alternative reality where you, you may not be on this earth you could be somewhere else and that's to me, I kind of feel like that's a journey. I try not to, I say these words, but I try not to label it. I just see them all as experiences because I think everyone, from what I can see, everyone seems to have their own opinion on it. Does that make sense? Yeah. The shamanic journey is where, well, that's where if you start to read a lot about Michael Harner and uh, there's a few different, different shamanic teachers, they'll talk about the shamanic journey, but they'll talk about different types of shamanic journeys as well. From that, what I've found what works is what he told me to do is when you get up in the morning, you go to the toilet and you come back out, you'll actually have an experience where you'll say, go to the toilet, have a drink of water and you'll lay back down again and then immediately you'll go into that dream state really quickly at, a say, 4 o'clock in the morning, you'll turn lucid really quickly. And this is where the stuff can occur, where you get the... Uh, the sleep paralysis and all that mm -hmm. weird stuff and yep. your body your body shaking. And you may even have experiences where all of a sudden you'll feel yourself floating. You've already projected, but you didn't realize. But then you'll sort of be half sort of waking up and then you'll feel your body, your astral body actually floating back into your physical body. It's, you just start getting all these little signs when you're focusing on it thinking oh far out something's happening here and that's what he specifically told me to do he said do it in the morning and he said and do it at around three or four o'clock in the morning that's where you want to practice all this meditation stuff so that's where i started to to do that now myself i don't really focus too much on journeying or astral projection or getting in lucid dreaming i just basically get to a point where i can get into a meditative um, state and I can actually start to heal or get some sort of messages or answers or have some type of experience. That's that's all I really focus on. I, I'm not really a dedicated 
astral travel like um you'll read a lot of people on oh, there's reddit forums they'll talk about oh astral projected to this place i went to this place i've seen this person i've seen that person they're not really talking about it from a spiritual aspect so i essentially just focus on that yeah penny taught me some of this stuff uh, and then combined with the other books and just from some of these random experiences of being attacked or having things in the house and I couldn't get them to leave and I knew they were bad because I could feel the energy coming from them wasn't good. I'd feel sick and I'd feel down and just didn't feel right. And so I um, was having a chat to my friend Nick down in Ballina and he said, look, you don't have to call me every time you want something cleared. You can get Brownie to help you because you, you can ask him to go and clear this spirit. And if he can't catch it, he said, you can help him, you can go with him. And that's that's all he told me. And I was like, well, what do you mean by that? And he said, well, <laughs> you'll work it out. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, that's, a, that's what it's like sometimes. I'm like, okay, so I'll go away for a few months and won't speak to him again. And then <laughs> until I work out what he's actually saying. And then I had this experience one day where there was something in the house for a while and it just wouldn't leave and i remember having an electrician come around this is the place that we own there was all this weird stuff happening to the power and the lights were blowing the aircon was turning on and off itself and it was playing up the lights downstairs were turning on and off randomly um, but it was just more so we we're having electrical problems in the house and that this was at the same time we we're hearing bangs all the time we we're like oh there's a spirit in the house and it wasn't a, I didn't feel it was very positive. And we tried to clear on numerous occasions. I believe Nick even attempted and he said to me, it's, it's just going to come back again unless you practice yourself. And so one day I got into the, I had a bath and um, I started to meditate a little bit and I got to a point where I was in a lucid state and I could see brownie in the room now that my lucid states will vary depending on how deep i go into the meditation but sometimes i find it's just enough just to get into that slight meditative state and i can see him in the way i can know he's there as i'll feel his energy around and i'll i can see his eyes i can see the blue eyes glowing and i'm like okay he's near there now and then i'll get into like i'll communicate with him and i'll just say I want to clear this and so I'll get to a, a point where I can leave my body and we both take after this thing now it when I've had these experiences some occasions I'll see what the entity looks like other cases I don't I just I'll feel the energy or just feel or I'll see just like the blur and he'll go straight towards it and I'll project and go straight towards it as well and we both will grab onto this thing like with my assistance i find when he's on his own he'll chase and he's not quick enough so in groups like when all the little fellas come through in groups they can they seem to be able to round it up i guess it's just like cattle dogs and trying to round something up or there's like an example or you'll have groups of things that just makes it easier like in hunting so i'll assist him in that and come out and grab this entity and then he just guides me where to go and when we're having this experience i'm not actually looking at the physical earth like flying over looking at trees or anything i'm in this other realm that's got all these different amazing colors 
we'll travel for, it only really takes a few seconds and we'll go to this cage and then we fly down together and um, I'll, I see a cage there and I open the door and we put this spirit inside and we both close the door and immediately shoot off back up. And then I just, within a few seconds, I come back to the body again and then slowly breathe and then wake up. I remember one day when I first did this, I was just thinking, oh, that didn't really happen. Like I was kind of um, doubting myself in some regards, thinking oh, I just had this experience, but no, this isn't real or true. But sure enough, after weeks had gone by, I just said they'd never come back. It was gone. So that was my first, the first time that that had happened. So it's very hard to, to describe in words. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't how I do all this stuff. It's kind of like someone you don't even. You're talking about astral projection. Oh, you just do this, 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 and away you go. But I find that when I do this, I don't do any audible driving. I don't listen to any beats or any YouTube videos or anything like that. I just do simple breathing techniques. And when this happens, I will generally tell Kristen or she might say, can you try and get this thing? And I'll say, yeah, but I need peace and quiet. And it will come to the point where I'll, like shut the bathroom door or shut myself into the room and actually just lay there and then um, she'll even quieten down the kids, tell them, oh, just leave Dad alone. He just wants to lie down for a minute. And, yeah, I'll just go into a – I'll just start doing breathing, so like two, like deep circular breathing until – with my eyes closed until I start to see colours and then I feel that, that shift and then it, it goes from there. So after the first time that I'd done that, I actually had good success with it and I was talking to Nick probably a few weeks later and saying, oh, I took your advice and I helped, I assisted Browning in trapping this negative entity and he goes, oh, I know you did. He goes, you've done well. Uh, I know so, you did. How did he know that? <laughs> well, I, I, well, he comes to the house and um, Jasmine's seen him in the room and I've seen him as well sometimes in the theta state. I've seen him floating over my body looking at me because I've done a lot of healing work with him. Nick's actually, uh, Nick Turner is his name. He's he's on Facebook. He uh, is actually quadriplegic and um, he spends most of his day in a meditative state. Yeah, has a lot of knowledge on the subject, but he, you know, said, oh, well done, you know, you're progressing now. It's very hard for some people to to swallow and take in. I understand that, but that's the the process that I was using, and I actually firmly believe that's what's occurring. Yeah. And again, it had happened on a regular basis. Like it might be a few weeks later, something else will come. Now, not all are bad, but if something bad comes in, and I can see it in the room, and it's a negative-looking spirit, I'll do the same thing again. Like Krishna, I'll actually turn around and say where's brownie can you help can you get brownie to help us get this thing and i'll say yeah okay and then i'll start working on it and i mightn't feel up to it i might say oh i just can't concentrate at the moment and i might say to brownie just yell out his name say can you help keep these things away for you know try and push them away and and we'll wait a few days and see if they come back and sometimes they'll just go and won't come back but other times they'll stay (laughs) 
I, I believe he's waiting for me to take lead. I'll get to that point again, whereas I, I generally like having a hot bath to do it or some sometimes I'll just go into the bed. Some nights I'll, I'll be like, yeah, okay, I'm right to do this now. But sometimes it might take me a few days to work up to that. Chris and I both had experiences where we've seen things in the room and they're essentially attacking us or trying to suck our energy. And this is where I was talking earlier about the, the chakras being open and being that antenna. Basically, we'll both start working on it. I'll do that process where I go and I'll do the breathing, go in that meditative state, I engage him. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll basically just lay there and just allow that energy to come, that negative energy to come towards me where I'm, I can feel it, like in my legs, like trying to take over me. And then he just comes in and we'll both just take it at that same time. It's like I'm sitting there laying his bait and then we both do it and then take it away. And I've used that as well on many occasions. And I found after I started to do that after a while, it was like something new that this was occurring and it started to slow down. So it had just become more and more random that things would come into the house. The only time that we generally find things would come in if, if possibly we come across someone in our lives that may have had a, some sort of attachment, that may have had some sort of jealousy thing towards us, I'm not sure, and then if they were started drinking on the weekend, that happens a lot on Friday and Saturday nights when people are drinking and then they're more susceptible to attachments and they might actually think about us and send like negative thought towards us. But when they do that, they actually send unconsciously, they don't even realise they send their attachment towards us. Yeah, right. And that's where that's where I have to be aware on actually catch that being and actually trap it and lock it away. Well, I think you can sort of get the picture now what I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely. So does Brownie hang around when you're not actively needing his assistance? Is he is he there? Well, this is a this this is a good question because I have been guilty of going through weeks at a time without thinking about him and just being busy in my everyday life. And then when something happens, I go, oh, Brownie, can you help me catch this? He'll come, but he he never fails to. But it's like I've got some, it's like sometimes I've got my guard down and I don't have that active communication with him where I'm not meditating as much or not going on my bushwalks and going out in nature, which he would like. I think in those times I'm actually more susceptible to leaving myself open. So in that regard, that's that's more likely when something's going to come into the house, whereas if I'm in that active engagement with him daily, he will protect them all. I do believe I have other... I do know that I have other guys that protect as well. There's no doubt about it. Like I mentioned that the man that come through and said, I'll give you asylum, which is like protection, safety. So I do have other guides come through and I'll also in meditation, I'll have names that are from prophets in the Bible come through like Abraham. Like I'll hear the, the voice or clear as day like Abraham and then immediately jump in the Bible and read the story about Abraham as a prophet and we'll explain what he does. So I'm getting messages from other sources as well, but with Brownie, with him being an ally, it's like you're, 
your friend that you might neglect for a little while. You might just get busy in your life and you might not have seen your friend for six months. You've always got those friends you depend on. You can ring them up and go, oh, hey, I really need a hand with this. And then can you come over and help me? And they'll go, yeah, okay. So they come over and give you a hand, move something mm-hmm. in your house, and then they go, okay, see you later, and they go again. And you can have a friendship like that with a person that's ongoing and they'll always, because you've got a history with them that's positive, they'll always be supportive. They'll always come to you. But that's as you know, it's a two-way street. So if you actively help those people or you've, you've got a great friendship with them, they're there with they're there for you all the time. You just can't always, it's just like any friend, you know, you can't neglect them and then call them when you need help. It's basically you're becoming selfish. Yeah, and you're taking them for granted, I guess. You're taking it for granted. So I believe sometimes I have been guilty of that and I and I have to, and I've, I think there was another guy I listened to a podcast a while ago and he, he was following the more of the, the North shamanism and he actually said that if you're actively engaged with your guides all the time through your meditations and whatever type of work you do, you just won't get spiritual attacks anymore. They Just nothing will come through. They'll just naturally protect you. Whereas if you basically drop your guard a little bit or you stop the meditation, stop the active communication, you're more likely for something to come in and then you have to start the process off again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's what I believe that occurs or I know that it occurs. Is Brownie the kind of being that you ask in your mind or you ask out loud, you know, how are you? What? How's your girlfriend? Because <laughs> you mentioned that he had a girlfriend last time. Yeah, that's after we come back from, um, yeah, just a trip out the back of Calliope to the creek. Yeah, well, I've seen him in the house. Yeah, he does um, shapeshift a little bit and show himself as different beings, but I can always maintain that. I can always feel the same energy. I can always see his eye colour. Mm-hmm. And at sometimes too, he has that, I'll be laying in bed or something at night and then I'll smell like bad BO or stench in the room. <laughs> and that's him as well. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, to answer that question, yeah, me, myself, I just have gratitude. So I'll just say like, thank you for coming into my life. And then I'll just have that, uh, daily meditation where I'll just think of him and just ask for protection and assistance and just have that daily meditation and I've just that alone is my communication with him and I feel just doing that basically maintains that strong bond yeah. whereas Kristen and if you read some of these um, other shamanic books that I actually talk about the some allies like being given gifts my partner's got a lot of crystals. She's got a toolbox full of all these different colour crystals, a massive big toolbox actually, <laughs> and um, she collects them. She gives them away to some of her friends as well, but she'll actually get some crystals out and we'll take it out in the yard and she'll give him gifts. Oh, that's like nice. She, yeah, so we do that aspect of it as well. So she puts them out there to give to him, but then do they are they missing? Well, actually we do have a lot of crystals go missing in the house and then reappear. Right. Yeah, that happens a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, and she does put crystals out in the yard and that sometimes they'll go missing and then reappear or come back in the house. Uh-huh. In those, no, not always. They'll just sit there, but she'll just basically say to him as a gift. But, yeah, many times out loud I'll call his name out and just 
say his name and I feel that's enough to engage him and get him excited as such. It's been a an amazing journey that I just it's come to the point now where I want to learn more about the history of the little fellas and big fellas. So I've had uh, my experiences now with everything that's happened the last couple of years since he's been around and learn a lot of stuff. And I don't mind sharing it with people because I, I've, I haven't actually been taught anything in particular by some elder and said, Oh, this is how you do things. Like I've, read history from you know all these different shamanic books and read all their practices and actually learnt techniques and talking to nick and actually just had my own journey and basically come from the school of hard knocks with it that was the fascinating joel Hopefully, he'll be back on the show soon. Remember, if you've had any strange, mysterious experiences and you'd like to come on the show, let me know via yaoicentral at gmail.com or via the Yowie Central Facebook group. That's it for this week, folks. Yowie Central will be back next week, same time, same place, on 94.9 Main FM. I'll catch you next week. Stay safe. Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're going to crush your soul. They call him. Sasquatch Out in the night when nobody can see Under the darkness behind the tree Is he a monster? Is he a man? Is he a demon under Satan's command? Hear him cry, hear him howl Looking for someone to disembowel Claws like a hook, eyes like coal Feet so big they're gonna crush your soul of your diamond ring your fancy jacket won't be worth a dime when you're sucking the blood right out of your spine
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to Quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 